0: This is Bossy Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Dancer Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it, screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every super needs his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy. and you can find us on social media at Birds Banter on Twitter, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. And If you want to follow me for all my Eagles and draft content, follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore Loopy. So really excited to get to uh, the content this week. We're going to talk about six realistic options for the Eagles at number six. Um, the Eagles are picking in the top 10 the first time since 2016 when the Eagles took Carson Wentz. Right now, um, quarterback is still a question, but the Eagles aren't going into an offseason with an immediate need at quarterback like they did in 2016 or somebody that they need to develop for the future. Right now, they have Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts both on the roster. Um, We have yet to see what Nick Sirianni is going to do at the quarterback position. Um, Last week, we talked a lot about Nick Sirianni and what he was like as a candidate. Um, I gave some great remarks on him. And, um, you know, he got my stamp of, of approval a couple days later, or I guess the day after. Um, he was hired as the Eagles' next head coach, so excited to see what Sirianni has to bring. Um, but no real, real new updates um, on Sirianni. We really covered a lot last time, so if you missed anything, go back to the last podcast. It's towards the end where I talk about Sirianni, but I like the staff that he's building so far. I think the Eagles are going to have a really competitive team next year if they can, you know, get this draft right, and then uh, whatever quarterback they pick, have him develop um, some more skills, I think they're going to be off to a pretty good start in 2021. And before we get started, the draft is right around the corner. We're about uh, two, three months away from the draft. So all this time until the draft, I'm going to be reviewing um, NFL draft prospects. We've already done Jamar Chase, Caleb Farley, Micah Parsons, and uh, we're going to be doing a whole lot more so if you guys have any recommendations, any suggestions on who you want me to break down, I'll look at further, make sure you pop them in the comments. DM me whatever is easiest for you, and I'll definitely get to them. But you could check us out, Bird's Banter, on YouTube for those film reviews. And now let's get into the podcast. The first player we are going to talk about is a fan favorite Alabama wide receiver, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is currently at the Senior Bowl along with... 100 or so other um, NFL prospects this year, he will not be participating. And um, he's kind of going there just to talk to scouts. He actually opted out of the the height and weigh-in because, you know, he's very thin. Um, I believe last time he really got a measurement on him, he was 170, 175, and that was at Alabama. So kind of concerning. When you watch him on the field, he's very lanky, um, which concerns me a lot. Very thin frame and... Um, you know, it, it wouldn't take a lot to knock him out of a football game. Um, once you get a hard hitting corner of safety um, over the middle, good hit on him, I would be very concerned about um, his durability. So that's my number one concern before we even get started on Devontae Smith. But, you know, he he has that thin frame, but man, he is a playmaker. And um, he makes me forget about it every single time. I watch him out there on the field. So um, in 2020, obviously, he won the Heisman Trophy, as we all know. So he was very productive. And this was a year that most games were interconference games. So he was playing against the SEC the entire year, and he put up 117 receptions for 1,800-plus uh, receiving yards. He averaged almost 16 yards per reception. And then the most mind-boggling stat is 23 touchdowns. That's fantastic. He... Um, He always knows how to get open. He has an insane route running ability. He can create separation. Um, Another concern that I have is because of his frame, he has a great release. Um, Similar to Jamar Chase, who I talked about on YouTube the other day, Um, but super good release at the line of scrimmage. They know how to get separation right from the start, Um, but other than that, he has good speed. And at the line of scrimmage, my only concern is because he has a small frame, he doesn't do a whole lot of hand fighting. He's not very aggressive because he doesn't need to be. But once you get to the pros, my concern is when you put a press corner on him, a true press corner, say Jalen Ramsey-esque, what's what's the result going to be? Can Devontae Smith fight off an aggressive player like Jalen Ramsey and get that same separation that he's been getting in college? I believe he has a skill to do that. Does he have the size? Does he have the aggression? That's something that needs to be developed once he gets to the NFL. That's my red flag on Devontae Smith. But he makes every single other green flag outweigh the red flags. Um, you So Devontae Smith in 2020, he was so productive, in my opinion, because he didn't have a lot, of, whole lot of wide receivers around him. Um, he had Jalen Waddle out for most of the year with that foot injury. But back in 2019, it's not like this was his only year of production. In 2019, keep in mind, they had Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, all healthy. Those other guys were first round picks in the NFL. Uh, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver taken off the board by the Raiders. So back in 2019, around those great wide receivers, um, 1,200 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns. So the production's still there, he's been consistent. Back in 2018 when he was a sophomore, 693 receiving yards. At Alabama, if you're putting up 693 receiving yards as a sophomore, you got all these guys ahead of you, man, you're going to be something special. And he proved that. Um, So I think his strengths, what he would fit with the Eagles, um, I think right now because of his size, he's going to just be a Z receiver. He doesn't have the size to take on that um, press corner right now. And that's okay for the Eagles because they have – a guy like Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rager who can both play the X. So if the Eagles draft him, he can step in, be that Z receiver and provide some speed. And if Jalen Rager can really improve on his, um, you know, his his aggression and uh, work on his release of the line of scrimmage this offseason, then you could put Jalen Rager at X and then Devontae Smith at Z. And you got a lot of speed on the field for Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts to throw to. So. I'm all for it, Devonte Smith. I think he's a great player. Um, very polished as a route runner. I think he's super smooth. He doesn't stand out as like the fastest player on the field, but he's so smooth. His stride is so long that if he is, you know, pressed up in coverage against someone, he knows how to get around them, and it it looks like he's just moving, um, you know, and, and fast forward <laughs> like you're you're clicking fast forward on the tape for him and not any anyone else. Um, He's smooth. He knows how to get around everyone. And I think he's going to fit in mostly any single offense out there. Um, I think in the NFL, I don't think he's going to be an extreme deep threat quite yet. Get some more size and some more speed for that. However, um, right now, I think he would excel at getting the ball in space. You know, dump off the ball with uh, some screens. And you saw that at Alabama. He would always have insane yards after catch. We saw it in the um, the national championship game, I believe, in the first his first reception, he took a screen that was almost blown up for about twenty yards. So he's very hard to bring down. Once you get the ball in space, he can make it happen. He has an insane um, high catch point. You know, he can he has that catch radius to go get the jump balls. Devontae Smith is a very very good option I pick number six for the Eagles. As good as Devontae Smith is, there's a better wide receiver out there in this draft. Jamar Chase, LSU wide receiver, he opted out of the 2020 season, but in 2019, he ended on a very high note. Keep in mind, this is a season where he played alongside Justin Jefferson, who was picked number 22 overall in the 2020 NFL Draft. 84 receptions, 1780 receiving yards, 21 yards per reception, 20 touchdowns. He was Devontae Smith before Devontae Smith blew up. People looked at Jamar Chase as one of the best wide receivers that year. And he wasn't even draft eligible yet. So what's up with Chase? We didn't see him in 2020, which is fine. A lot of players opted out. A lot of big players, big names opted out. Um, but what what is he really about? So I went over him. Um, he was my first draft review on YouTube. So check that out, Bird's Banter on YouTube. And you can check out all my thoughts there with some film to back it up. But, man, he w- he's explosive. Um, he's got good size, great speed, and... Um, his hands are just amazing. When you throw the ball up to him, you know he's going to come down, and he's going to get it. He has that yards-after-catch ability similar to Devontae Smith. These guys, they're they're pretty much identical. Um, really good in space, really good hands, really good yards-after-catch, great route running. But the thing is, Jamar Chase just has better size than Devontae Smith. Jamar Chase is somebody that can step in year one and be a wide receiver one. We haven't seen that happen in a long time. Justin Jefferson is probably the last one, um, but he still had Adam Thielen. He had more stats than Adam Thielen, but a lot of times Adam Thielen was drawing more more uh, skilled corners and safeties on him until Justin Jefferson started to blow up. Then he kind of cooled off a little bit. So it's very rare to see a wide receiver step into the NFL and already be ready to go. Week one, you're ready to dominate and even have a number one corner on you. The reason for that is just the skill level is so much different in college. Um, It's easier to maneuver around these college corners than it is an NFL corner and NFL defense. Work with these quarterbacks. The timing's different. You're expected to make plays that you haven't before. But he did really well with Joe Burrow. Um, That was an NFL-ready offense that they were running at LSU. Joe Brady was their offensive coordinator um, at the time. And, man, I think... Jamar Chase, you can't can't go wrong between the two of them, Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase. If I were to guess, one of them will be off the board by the time the Eagles pick. I highly doubt both of them. That would be very, very surprising if we see two wide receivers go top five. I believe they're both skilled enough to do it, but there's more important positions to be drafted than quarterback, offensive tackle um, that we're going to see drafted up there. So... You see a guy like jamar chase uh, he might be a little bit rusty because he's coming off of a entire season not playing so i'm really excited to see what he's going to put up at his pro day everything's virtual this year so see the clips of him catching running and if he can run in the four fours right now he strikes me as a four five type of runner if he can run in the four fours all in you got to get him hope and pray that the dolphins and the Bengals do not take jamar chase because Jamar Chase will be the man for the job. Um, he's super exciting, super explosive, and um, you know, he can beat you with his release, and if you try to press him, he's still getting around you. So Jamar Chase, he's tough, I love him. He's my number one option at number six. For these next two, we're gonna move to the secondary. Number one, Virginia Tech corner Caleb Farley. Did another review on him um, You know last week, so make sure you check out that on YouTube to look at some film of Caleb Farley. We actually looked at two games and uh, broke down his film from both games against Miami and Notre Dame. But Caleb Farley is a baller. He is yet another player that opted out in 2020. In his sophomore year, I believe he ended the year with three or four interceptions, which isn't, you know, striking. Um, You would think he would have more being a top corner in this draft. However, when you watch him, not a lot of quarterbacks throw his way. They're scared of him, and rightfully so. He's super good in man coverage. Um, doesn't play a whole lot of zone at Virginia Tech. He's going to be he's gonna excel a lot in press and man coverage packages in the NFL. Um, so I think that the Eagles, they like running man. Um, they're not a very good zone team, but if they want to start pressing these, these receivers like they should and pair a guy like Caleb Farley with Darius Slay, two very good press corners, their secondary is going to be exponentially better. Caleb Farley... He's super tough. Um, He actually ended up changing positions. He had an ACL tear way back um, in 2017. But he's come back, and he is just as good, um, if not better. He's got size. He's got length. When you watch him on the field, he stands out. Number three, stands out. He is a big player. He's quick. Um, He doesn't seem like he's the most aggressive person at the line of scrimmage. He can definitely... um, press a receiver, but it's not like he's gonna be throwing them on the ground and being super aggressive like we see some corners um, have the capability of doing. So sometimes he's gonna get beat. And when he does off the line of scrimmage, he can flip those hips like no other and he can burst downfield. It's not the fastest guy, but he is super good technique. Um, there's one play against Notre Dame, make sure you check it out on YouTube um, under my video, but they Chase Claypool was running a fly route Um, on the boundary, and Caleb Farley knew exactly what he was doing. He got that inside leverage and started pushing Claypool you know, stride by stride. He was pushing him further towards the sideline. So by the time the ball got to the end zone and Claypool was going up for the catch, he had nowhere to put his feet. Farley had such good technique that he kind of removed him from the play before the ball was even there. Um, I I love his football IQ. He can blow up a screen. He recognizes what the offense is going to run. Um, when the ball is coming to him, he's going to make a play, pass deflection, interception. Um, his tackling ability is pretty good. I would, would like to see him a little bit more aggressive because he does have a big frame. Um, reminds me, not skill level, but re- reminds me size-wise of Rasul Douglas coming to the Eagles. And I think if he wants to utilize that big frame to the best of his ability, he needs to be better in run defense and stopping these running backs. But he's super quick, Super fluid and uh i'm excited to see what he runs at his pro day his 40-yard dash time is going to be very interesting but um right now caleb farley is my favorite cornerback in this draft now this next player patrick sertan another cornerback this time from alabama i'm gonna be talking more about him in a youtube review because i believe he does deserve a lot of recognition and a lot of breakdown for what he's done at alabama he is a great cornerback and will be drafted as so Um, However, he's very similar to Caleb Farley. I don't have much new to report on Patrick Sertan um, from what I've seen from him. But Sertan, man, he's a baller. Um, He's super tough. He is great in press coverage, man coverage, just like Caleb Farley is. And um, Sertan, I mean, his dad played in the NFL. So he's got that, you know, DNA in him of being a professional athlete, especially in the NFL. So um, he's a junior as well he's pretty lengthy. Um, he's got great discipline in coverage. He knows how to make a make a play and uh, stick to his man. He is a little bit questionable um, on deep routes. He has given given up some big plays at Alabama, but I think you know that's just growing pains for a young cornerback. He will get better. Um, but that's my only concern with him is putting him in press coverage, man coverage. If he gets beat, he's not going to have the speed to make up for it and uh, go down the field and chase him down. So. When he starts, he's not going to be on an island. Wherever he goes uh, in the NFL, they're going to be either easing him in with some zone coverages, which I definitely don't agree with. I think he definitely needs to start off right away um, as a man corner, but they might start putting a safety over the top just to make sure and let him develop. But um, I think he's going to be great in the NFL. Um, I do think Caleb Farley is a bit better, a bit more polished as a cornerback. Would like to see Caleb Farley play in 2020. That would have helped a lot, get some more film on him, because um, really he only has one year of production. But that one year was very, very good and showed me the tangibles and intangibles of being a great NFL quarterback. Um, So I think Patrick Zertan is right up there in question of being or debate of being the number one corner in this draft class. Um, I think he has a great playing style. I love watching him play. And similar to Caleb Farley, quarterbacks just don't throw his way very often. You saw in the National Championship game, Chris Olave, um, really disappointed that he did not declare for the draft. I mean, side note here, but he was one of my favorite wide receiver prospects this year. And um, Chris Olave was held to either two or three receptions. Big time wide receiver, but better cornerback on him. So um, Sertan has what it takes to lock down a corner for an an entire game, and uh, he's only going to get better as things progress. Next, we're going to jump to an ad, but after that, we're going to talk about one of the most interesting players on this list. And after this, I'm going to convince you that the Eagles should definitely look into drafting Kyle Pitts at number six this year. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. 2 million men are already using Manscaped products to groom, make sure you're one of them. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year? Tell her that the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 for the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by the revolutionary third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents it's also waterproof which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink especially when it's time for cupid to shoot his arrow let's be real we've smelled the worst down there before that's why i'm thankful for their crop preserver and crop reviver these products keep our boys from sweating smelling sticking and these products smell good their manly scent is attractive and will keep the mood set if you know what i mean the Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk fresh all day. It's time to upgrade from those used pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing, easily the comfiest boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne scent by Manscaped. With your signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is the perfect complement to the collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code PHL. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. And now we're going to talk about an absolute matchup nightmare, tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida. I know it might not make sense. Why draft a tight end? We have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard on the roster, um, but think about it: Zach Ertz is not likely won't be here in twenty twenty one. We don't know what Sirianni is going to do about it, but he's due a lot of money. He wants more money, and um, I just don't see him fitting inside the Eagles roster anymore. And he's getting older. Dallas Goddard, yes, he may be ready to be tight end number one. He might be one of the best tight ends in the league in a couple of years. However, the Eagles love running twelve personnel. And I guarantee you, when this is all said and done, when we look back at the 2021 draft class in five years and we start to redraft and see who was the best pick, who should have gone higher, who should have gone lower, Kyle Pitts is going to be one that rises to the top. And people are going to say, Kyle Pitts should be a top five pick. I mean, I shouldn't even be calling him a tight end. Let's call him an athlete. This athlete can line up at wide receiver, he can line up out wide, in the slot, Tight end, he can block. I mean, he can go anywhere. He can go in the backfield, put him anywhere on the field, and he's going to make a difference. Um, fun fact about him, he's actually – so he's from Philadelphia, so he's got ties here. But um, when people watch him, I saw a tweet today, who told Caleb or, um, not Caleb Kyle Pitts to be a tight end. Actually, what happened was he went – he was a quarterback, um, which is crazy. I would assume he was a wide receiver or something. Um but he was a quarterback, and he was at a football camp at Temple, which is where I go to school, you know, um, North Philadelphia. And at that summer camp, they moved him to tight end. He hasn't looked back since. So right now, he's six six. He's huge, and he plays even bigger. I mean, nobody can cover him. Um, nobody covered him in college. I don't think anybody's coming close to covering him in the NFL. He's going to draw double coverage in his first year. I guarantee it. He ended 2020 with 43 receptions, 770 yards. That's 18 yards per reception and 12 touchdowns. Um, you know, he, he's, he's aggressive in the um, run blocking game. He knows how to make it happen. Uh, I think he could get a little bit better at run blocking, but that's not what he's going to be drafted for. He's going to be drafted for his ability um, to catch the ball in open space, make people miss, and just be an absolute beast that he is. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be someone that a team develops him into a wide receiver tight end combo similar to what Darren Waller does Has the speed to be a wide receiver, but has the size to be a tight end and together. That's a lethal option Um, I think he has a lot of value to whatever team he goes because like I said, you can line him up in multiple different positions Uh, The possibilities are endless there. So Kyle Pitts, like I said, he's gonna be called an athlete We're not calling him a tight end and um I understand Eagles might not have an immediate need at tight end, but especially if Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith are off the board, or say the Eagles really like Jamar Chase. They don't want Devontae Smith. Okay, Jamar Chase is gone. Say they really like Caleb Farley. They don't like Patrick Sertan at all for whatever reason, and Caleb Farley's gone. Right now, you got to look down on your board. Kyle Pitts should be the next one up because, like I said, When this is all said and done, he he is going to be regarded as one of the best players in this draft class. I guarantee it. He is going to step into the league and have top corners, top safeties covering him, and he is going to make them look like fools. I guarantee it. Can't wait to see what he brings in the NFL. Um, He's a phenomenal athlete, and uh, the Eagles have to at least consider it. And if you're thinking right now Pitts is not the guy, number one, go watch him. You'll think differently. And number two, don't think of it as drafting a tight end at number six. Like I said, might be sounding corny now, but think of drafting an athlete. He can make, right now, the Eagles' offense needs a difference maker, someone that can have versatility and just be a weapon anywhere on the field. Kyle Pitts is that guy. Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, uh, yeah, Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith, yeah, they can do that, but. Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's got size. Nick Sirianni likes uh, running 12 personnel like the Eagles did in the past. They're going to be using two tight ends. I don't know how anybody's going to stop both Dallas Goddard and um, Kyle Pitts. And you're still going to have good wide receivers on the outside. So if I haven't convinced you yet, please go watch him. You won't be disappointed. And last but not least, we're going to end with the defense yet again. Michael Parsons, linebacker from Penn State, yet the third player we're going to be talking about that opted out of the 2020 season, and similar to Farley and Chase, he did it for a good reason. Ended his uh, sophomore year with very good stats, very good film, um, so he opted out of his junior year, and he's going to go straight to the NFL. Parsons, last night I just did a review on him. Make sure you check it out on YouTube, Bird's Banter on YouTube, Bird's Banter PHL on Instagram. It's on both of them. Um, Parsons, I'm very, very impressed with. He's a freak athlete. Like I mentioned in the video, he was actually recruited um, as a five-star defensive end out of high school. They moved into linebacker. He got quicker, um, You know, got a little bit more aggressive, thinned down a little bit. He's still very good size, 6'2", 245. Um, But Micah Parsons, my comparison to him in the video was Von Miller because I think he's somebody that can be He's probably going to excel as a 3-4 outside linebacker, an edge rusher. The Eagles don't run that. I mean, I don't know if they're going to make any shifts with this new defensive coordinator, Gannon, but, um, you know, he could still be a traditional linebacker. Um, The only thing is, the pretty much only thing he did at Penn State was run defense and blitz the passer. Um, He stayed very close to the line of scrimmage. He did not drop into coverage much at all. And if he did, it was only in zone. So, if the Eagles are really looking for a linebacker who's going to make a difference in the passing game, Micah Parsons is not your guy. He's just not that type of player, and you can't force him to be that kind of player. He is insanely good, um, close to the line of scrimmage, blitzing the passer, and just making plays on the ground. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, he's not, maybe not be the most versatile linebacker out there this year. But he's super good at what he does, which makes him a legitimate candidate as a top 15 pick. Um, as we go along, the talent gets better and better. Micah Parsons might be a bit of a reach at number six. However, if Gannon and Sirianni walk into this organization and they think the Eagles have an immediate need at linebacker and need to resolve that right away, Micah Parsons look no further. Parsons has extreme size. Um, you know, he's, he's very explosive. Make sure you watch that video yet again. Um, He's going to be in a scheme that they like to blitz heavy. And from what I've seen, this new coach, defensive coordinator, Gannon, he loves to blitz. So if the Eagles are looking for somebody that can excel in a blitzing defense, Micah Parsons is your man. He loves to attack. He can see the ball, go get the ball. His tackling is decent, pretty good. Um, I saw my my film review that he missed one or two tackles, which isn't a big deal. Not many players are going to make that tackle, but as I mentioned, um, I said a top ten pick. That's the tackle you got to make. Those tough tackles, the difference maker on the field, Parsons. You got to make those tackles. So um, it's interested to see how he progresses with his year off and uh, coming to the NFL after only two years in college. But I think he can just find about any gap in the line of sc- at the line of scrimmage, maneuver through it, get to the ball, and he's not. He, he can be a tackling machine. He can be. He wasn't at Penn State. Um, but when you watch his film, wherever the ball is, wherever the tackle is being made, if he's not the one tackling them, he's right behind them. So he's always going to the play. When something big is happening, Parsons is there. You can count on it. Um, he's somebody that's always going to be there, a consistent option. And the Eagles linebacker group is very poor right now. Like I said, they might somewhat want somebody with a little bit more versatility. But if they're looking to be a more blitz-heavy team and want to make some turnovers with fumbles, Parsons is the man. Um, I think right now, out of all these options that I've listed, he's probably number five or number six, lower priority, because they need a more of a difference maker on offense than a linebacker on defense. However, Parsons definitely needs to be on the board and definitely needs to be looked at um, extremely as a Mike Mike linebacker or a 3-4 outside edge rusher. So. That's what I have for you for today's episode. We talked about Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Caleb Farley, Patrick Sertan, Kyle Pitts, and lastly, Micah Parsons. Um, we've had draft reviews on all three of these guys, and we're going to do the three others very shortly. So stay tuned to Birds Banter on YouTube and Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in today for this podcast. Stay tuned for more draft content, maybe some interviews. We'll see what we got cooking up but it's going to be a good offseason with birds banter. If you have anything that you want, draft reviews, podcast suggestions, questions, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter in the messages or comments, and we will definitely get that addressed. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Go birds.